0: Man, right there where you are online, uh, the Holy Spirit can fill that place. And I encourage you, praise God, uh, as you are worshiping from the Lord from home. Be sure to tap in. Don't just spectate. Be a participator. Go ahead and grab your Bible or whatever you use for your Bible and let's make this confession. Hold up your Bible and say it out loud. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. And I do what it tells me to do. And I love my Bible. So I make this as a confession. I will meditate therein. Both day and night. On a chapter in the morning. And a chapter in the evening. And because I do, my life is blessed. It's no more a mess. Now everything I touch, everything I touch, It turns to success. If you believe that shout hallelujah, glory to God, amen, amen. Well, let's go ahead and get into the word. Let's say this word of prayer. Uh, Believe with me for revelation to flow today. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to study your word, to meditate your word, and to receive from you today. The Holy Spirit is welcome in this place. To move throughout this service, through every aisle, online, those that will even watch this later. We pray that not one of us will leave this moment the same that we came. Enlighten the eyes of our understanding. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Father, we pray that spirit of wisdom and revelation will flow freely and uninterrupted today by any satanic or demonic force. We pray over all of our equipment, the upload and the download, that everything will flow and function well. And we give you, and you only, all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory in Jesus' name. And all that group that prayer said, Amen. Amen. Title of the message today is this: Is it that serious? In Leviticus chapter 27, once again, verse 30 through 32 in the New Living Translation. It says, one-tenth of the produce of the land, whether the grain from the fields or the fruit of the trees, belongs to the Lord and must be set apart to him as holy. If you want to buy back the Lord's tenth of the grain or of the fruit, you must pay its value plus 20%. He tells them to count off every tenth animal from your herds and your flocks, and set them apart for the Lord as holy. Last week was heavy. Powerful word, in my opinion, that went forth. And I pray that you've been ministered to by this series. For uh, for you, for How many of you, for those that are present, how many of you this has been an eye-opening experience? Amen. So it's a good number of us. Uh, and But last week was, was particularly heavy, and I believe it was because so many people in the body of Christ just don't honor God with their money. Uh, some, not those of you here in person, but some of you online um, are in a really tough place because you don't like all this talk about tithing. It really, really bothers you. Some have even, whether present or online, have contemplated whether Faith Family Church is still the right place for you. I I urge you to hear the heart of God through this message today. Is it that serious? As I said, so many, this is a heavy subject because so many people in the body of Christ, they, they don't tithe. They don't honor God with with their substance. Only a small percentage of those that claim to be Christian give 10 or more percent. As a result, man, last week there seemed to be a very significant heaviness of condemnation. But here's the thing. Romans chapter 8 and verse number 2 says, There is therefore now. No condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, period or comma? Comma, Comma, which means, keep going, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 2 says, for the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So there is a reason why condemnation could be upon us as we're hearing this subject. The Bible said it should be that there's no condemnation to any believer in Christ who's walking by the Spirit and not according to the law. He says in verse 2 that the law of the Spirit has made us free from the law of sin and death. The, the the command to tithe is under the law. This is why I can boldly stand before you and tell you you don't have to tithe. Why then do we feel condemned? Why then do we feel ashamed when we talk about the subject of honoring God with money? It's a very interesting thought. We absolutely don't have to tithe. So why then is there condemnation? Why would we feel guilty for not tithing? Why would we feel ashamed? Let me take a few moments and show you from the Word of God why we would feel condemned. In 1 John chapter 3 and verse number 20, God says, For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all things. The Bible points out that, you know, condemnation is not coming from God. If you feel ashamed or if you feel condemned when hearing this subject that you're not forced to, if you feel condemned, could it be that it's your own heart that's condemning you? He says here, God's greater than in your heart. He knows all things. It's not him that's condemning you. He already knows the truth about everything. But could it be that your heart is feeling some kind of way about this subject for one reason or another? There's another verse along this same line in John chapter 16 and verse number 8. When he has come, talking about the Holy Spirit... Oh, I'm sorry, John chapter 3 and verse number 17, excuse me. The Bible says here that God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Let me ask you a question. Did Jesus come into the world to condemn people, to make them feel bad, to make them feel guilty, to make them feel ashamed? No. No. Bible says very clearly, it's not Jesus that's condemning you. Jesus, God did not send Jesus to make you feel bad about the things that you're doing, to make you feel guilty. Again, the Bible tells us where that feeling comes from. That feeling comes from your own heart. Now, if you're feeling some kind of way about it, then you should address it. And the way we learn to address things is according to the Word of God. And if you tell me, Pastor, that I don't have to tithe and I don't tithe, then I'm not going to feel guilty for tithing unless my heart is telling me to do something that my mind and my body don't want to do. And because my mind and body win and I don't do what my heart is telling me to do, There's a conflict, come on somebody, there's an agitation, and I'm feeling some kind of way, and it works that way across a lot of things. You know, your body could want to do something that the Bible tells you don't do, don't do. And you do it from your flesh. You do what your body wants to do, and your heart tells you don't do it, and you feel some kind of way. Amen. But just know that it's not God that's condemning you. It's not Jesus that condemns you, and it's certainly not me that's condemning you. So take your gloves off. We're not fighting over this. Amen. Amen. Jesus is not condemning us for not tithing. You don't have to. But the question should be answered, so why then would we feel guilty? Let me give you one more. In John chapter 16, you know, we know it's the Father, the Son. What about the Holy Spirit? Maybe it's the Holy Spirit that that that, that's causing me to feel some kind of way. In verse 8 of John 16, Jesus says, when he, talking about the Holy Ghost, when he has come, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. Now, the job of the Holy Spirit is to convict the world, not the church of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Yeah, the world will feel some kind of way so that they can know that that's not right. So the Holy Spirit convicts them that that's not right. You know, convicts them that that's not righteousness. Convicts them that they need to be judged over that. But it doesn't say He convicts the church. Doesn't have to. Your heart does. Let me ask you a question. It's not even the Holy Spirit who condemns us. Notice here, he convicts the world, not the people of the church. Let me ask you a question. Why? He doesn't have to. Your own heart does that. See, when we ended the service last week, we said, consider your ways. Not we, but God. Literally, he had us go to the book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 5, 6, and 7. And we ended the service by saying, consider your ways. Look at what you're doing. How is it working for you? Then he said in verse 6, you're working really hard and you have very little to show for it. You're doing all of this and you, and you put money. He who earns wages earns wages and he puts it into his pockets and it's like, hold oh, it just runs. How many of you have ever felt in life that money just run right through you? Can I tell you all a little story? Paul Paul, uh, he told me this. And I thought it was funny. He said, he says, Stan Lewis, that's what he called me. That's the family name. He says, Stan Lewis. Your grandmother talking about Ma Y'all can tell we from the country. <laughs> Papa said, your, your, your grandmother know how to get it out of the back door as fast as I can get it in the front door with a scoop shovel. He said she knows how to get it out the, get money out the back door with a teaspoon faster than he can get it in the front door with a scoop shovel. I see none of the wives are laughing about that. Amen. I'm talking about Papa Mama. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> Amen. Oh, my wife must have went to the restroom. Amen. Y'all just excuse her for a minute. But how many of you, you know, you've seen what that feels like. Amen. It seems like money can just go right through you. Praise God. Um, and, and, and so, and then he ended in, in Haggai chapter 1 and verse 7, and he says it again, Therefore says the Lord of hosts. Consider your ways. Um, Some people are not coming to in-person services because of the coronavirus. Some of you are not coming to in-person services because you don't want to hear this. Amen. And when Pastor Stan gets on to another subject, then we'll show on back up. So now, don't make me stretch this thing way all out. Come on. <laughs> so it's not God. It's not His Son, Jesus. It's not the Holy Spirit that's condemning you. It's your own heart. Let me ask you a question. Have you ever done something and you knew in your heart that it wasn't the right thing to do? You knew you, you did it and you knew in your heart that's not the right thing to do. Have you ever not done something and you knew in your heart you should have did it? That's your heart. Letting you know what's right and what's not right. In James chapter 4, as I finish on this, the Bible says, Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him it is what? Sin. Sin. So on the subject of honoring God with money, if your heart's condemning you, find out from the word how to get it right and do everything you can to walk and live according to the word of God. Amen. So for that heaven, could it be that we were feeling some kind of way because it was our heart? And in our heart, we know that we're supposed to be honoring God with money better than we have been. My question to you today is, is it that serious? I mean, come on, Pastor Stan. Is it really that serious? I mean, you read in the scripture last week that there are other things that are more important than tithing. Well, don't, don't forget, tithing is important. And I want to show you from the word of God, it is that serious. Is honoring God with money that big a deal? Oh, absolutely. Let's be reminded of what the Lord said to us last week. In 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 30, I don't know if you got this as if it were God speaking to you, but I want to read it again. Let me show you how serious this is. God said, Therefore the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father will walk before me forever. But now, says the Lord, far be it from me, for those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Concerning the subject of tithing, you don't have to tithe. The reason why it honors God is because you don't have to. You're not forced to. What a huge honor when somebody does something and they didn't have to. You didn't have to do that. Oh, I am so honored by that, right? I said this because I believe God is saying this and I want you to receive this prophetically. God is saying to us today, I said some things about you and your future that were going to be automatic. But because of the dishonor and the disrespect. That you have shown me, says God, far be it from me. From now on in your life, those who honor me I will honor, and those who despise me will be lightly esteemed. Somebody say out loud, that makes it serious. Turn with me to the book of Genesis chapter 4, and let's look at verse number 1 through 8. Let's look at Cain and Abel. You ask them, you ask Adam and his wife, is it, is it that serious? In Genesis chapter 4, this is the, the first family ever on the planet. Adam, his wife, had Cain and Abel. Verse 1 says, Now Adam knew his Eve, his wife, and she conceived and, and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then he, she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now, Abel was the keeper of the sheep. He was a shepherd. But Cain was a tiller of the ground. He was a farmer. In the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering. But he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you so angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will you not be accepted? But if you do not do well, sin lies at the door, and its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. And now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel and his brother and killed him. Did you know that Cain killed Abel over an offering? You all know the story real clear. And I'm using this this passage to show you from the word of God, it is that serious. Don't let this get by you. Don't skip this series. It is that serious. I mean, this is over an offering. So check it out. So uh, Abel is uh, a shepherd. Cain is a farmer. And it came to pass in the process of time that they both gave an offering to the Lord. Who taught them how to do that? There's no command to tithe. God didn't tell Adam, you know, don't touch the tree in the garden, and when he put them out, you know, you all give me a tenth of everything. No, 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 no. There's no command of tithe that shows up until Leviticus 27, which is the basis of this series. This was just something I can imagine that they did as as they had love for God in their heart. Maybe, God, maybe Adam and his wife told him the story of how they used to walk with God and it just came in time. Maybe their parents taught them to offer sacrifice. I don't know. I don't know the Bible doesn't say. But I want you to imagine. Go with me in this story. One day, they want to give offerings to God. Cain brings an offering from the fruit of the ground he takes some corn stalks and he takes some barley and he takes some weed and, you know, whatever it is, you know, some, some cabbage, some greens. And he sets it on fire and it goes up in smoke and, and that was his offering to the Lord. But Abel also, when it was time for, the, to, for them to, to give an offering, Abel went through the flock and every firstborn sheep or whatever kind of animal, he set it aside and he brought it to the offering. But that wasn't all that he brought. He also went through the flock and looked at all the fat ones. You know, the healthy ones, the strong ones. You know, uh, I, 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 a long time ago I had a dog that had puppies. And some little puppies are bigger than the other little puppies. And you have a little runt, you know, the little, littlest one, right? And, well, that one's not going to sell for that much or whatever the case. But he went through the flock and got the strong ones, the big ones. I don't know. He didn't get them all. But he brought some of the fat ones, the fluffy ones, the best. And he killed them and offered them up to the Lord. here's the story. God received honor from the offering that Abel brought, but it, it, it wasn't so special From what Cain brought. And they could tell somehow. I don't know. And it really angered Cain. He was so angry that God showed up to talk to him. About the offering. I pray to God. That you can find yourself in this story. That God is speaking to you about what you've been bringing and offering to him. We read it in Malachi. They were giving to God what was left over. They were bringing the blind animals to God to worship. Well, after all, we're going to kill it anyway. For many of us, if we don't honor God the right way and we bring God what's left over, you know, time for the offering. You know, well, I got a little bit. I'll give God a hundred dollars. Well, man, you made ten thousand dollars this month, and you're giving God a hundred dollars. And think you popping your collar to put a hundred dollars on the envelope and that's like one percent of what he gave you? Yeah. Unless you feel like he didn't give it to you and you get everything you got because of your hard work. Yeah. You don't need God's help. You don't need God's air to breathe. You don't need to come on somebody. Come on. You know better than that. You should at least see that everything you have is because of God. Yeah. So sure enough, it made him so mad. Listen to this. Cain ended up killing his brother over an offering. I haven't gotten any death, th- death threats yet. But some have threatened to leave the church. If I don't stop talking about tithing. In their heart, they are leaving their brother. Leaving their pastor. Leaving their faith family over an offering. And we stopped taking offerings in 2019. We bought two little boxes, put them in the room, and we told people, if you want to give, give. If you don't, that's fine, but come get the Word of God. And then since October, I've been preaching about laws that govern prosperity so that we can walk in greater levels of prosperity. And it's been like nails on the chalkboard for some people. Always talking about money, 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 money. We're talking about honoring the God. Of the universe. And we preach the truth. We don't preach that if you don't tithe, God, you're cursed. You're under a curse. That's why things are all messed up in your life. We don't preach that. We preach that you're blessed. And this is how to remove the blocks out of the blessing. Amen? Amen. Somebody say, over an offering. Tithing, of course, didn't happen as we know it until Abraham, who died. Who did it because he did it from his heart. But I want you to notice the difference between Abel's offering and Cain's offering. And I challenge you to compare it to your 2020 offerings. God gave, Abel gave God his first and his best. That's a type of tithe. Cain just gave an offering. God was really honored by one and not so much by the other. My question to you today is, is it that serious? Let's look at Judas and Jesus. Oh, you're on a roll now, Pastor Stan. Okay, look at Mark chapter 14. I don't know if you knew this. Uh, they recently came out uh, uh, with a movie, Judas and the Messiah. It don't have nothing to do with Jesus, okay? I can tell that from the trailer, all right? But what the world knows about Judas is that he betrayed Jesus. Jesus, And just in case you're a new believer, maybe you don't have to spend any time in Sunday school or whatever, let me tell you what Judas betrayed Jesus over, okay? From the Word of God. In Mark chapter 14, verse number 3, it says this, And being in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, as Jesus sat at the table, a woman having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard came in. She then broke the flask and poured it on Jesus' head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor And they criticized her sharply. And then in verse 10 it says, Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priests to betray them, uh, to betray Jesus. Now look up at me for a moment. This is so... This woman came in and brought a very expensive flask... Of ointment, It was valued at 300 denarii. A denarii is one day's wage for a labor person, okay? In our area, what's the, annu- the average annual salary of someone that lives in Cypress, Texas, or Katy, or, you know, Houston, our area? You would imagine 50,000, that's on the really low end, 70,000, 80,000 dollars, okay, thank you. 300 denarii is like working five days a week for 52 weeks. It's like 300 days wages. A few days you get take off. So let's just say at the low part that this vial, this this flask was a $50,000 gift that she gave to Jesus. And she didn't just put it in the treasury so that he could sell it and, and minister to the homeless and minister to the poor, come on, and minister to the orphans. She sent Jesus on a vacation that costs $50,000. Ooh, That would bother some people. Y'all did what for the pastor? I'm not taking up no offers for myself. I'm just telling you, when you break a flask of, how long do you think that ointment could have lasted on his skin? Oh, you all know. You know, there's some kind of oils that you put on, and it can last for like three or four days. You know, you ever shake somebody's hand, and you in the car and you drive, you're like, oh, man. Oh, y'all help me now. <laughs> Jesus probably smelled good for about a good week, and then it was gone. But when she did this, some people there, now he was at the leper's house, but all of his disciples, and if you read Matthew's account, his disciples were indignant over this situation. Judas being one of them, one of them spoke up and said, this could have been Saul, he was the treasurer. He was the one that went and sold stuff and gave it to the poor. He was the one that handled the bag. And when this thing went that way, they were so upset, they criticized. Why'd you do that? You shouldn't have did that. Why would you? That is what they criticized her sharply. This was the tipping point when Judas betrayed Jesus. Come on, somebody say it was over an offering. offering. Judas betrayed Jesus over an offering. For some that are a part of the faith family, this might be the tipping point. And I'm not even saying that you have to do it. I'm just trying to show you from the Word of God what the Word has to say about it. And then we'll move on. Pastor Sam. move on to something. I'm only on the fourth part. And you don't come to church every week. We got quiet. See how to... Oh. <laughs> if your heart condemns you, it ain't me. So I have to take time to get it, to get it, so you can get it, so you can walk in the revelation of it and be free from the condemnation of it. Is it that serious, Pastor Stan? Yes. Judas betrayed Jesus over an offering. Could it be possible that you and I could betray Jesus over the same? Let me give you one last one. It's the story of Ananias. And Sapphira. This is the New Testament church. You want to know if it's serious? I'm hoping you could ask Ananias and Sapphira when they get to heaven. You ask them, is it serious? In verse 1 of chapter 5, But a certain man named Ananias and Sapphira, his wife, sold a possession. He kept back a part of the proceeds, his wife also being aware of it brought a certain part, laid it at the apostles' feet. But Peter said, Ananias, why has Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Spirit and keep back part of the price for the land, for yourself? While it remained, was it not your own? After it was sold, was it not in your own control? Why have you conceived this thing in your heart? You have not lied to men, but to God. Then Ananias, hearing these words, fell down dead, breathed his last. So great fear came upon all those who heard these things. The young man arose and wrapped him up, came out, buried him, carried him out. Now it was about three hours later when his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Answered, Peter, to her, tell me whether you sold the land for so much. And she says, yes, for so much. And Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to test the spirit of the Lord? Look, the feet of those who buried your husband are at the door, and they will carry you out. Then immediately she fell down. At his feet and breathed her last. And the young men came in, found her dead, carried her out, buried her by her husband. And so great fear came upon all the church, upon all who heard these things. Church, look up at me for a moment. I know this is uncomfortable. I know this is not like encouraging you to never give up, no quit, no matter what comes against you. God's got you. And I know this isn't necessarily about how to have a better marriage or how to turn things around in your body. I know this is not a a healing series or or what do I do when I don't know what to do. We'll get to those things. But this is serious. There are more important things. But this is serious. This is the New Testament church. First thing I want to ask you is why are these stories even in the Bible? So that we can learn the lessons. That if we honor God, we will be honored. But if we disrespect God, come on church. If we disrespect Him, if we dishonor Him, So here's the story. Ananias and Sapphira, well, let me say this first. In Acts chapter 4, people who possess lands started selling their lands and bringing them to the church so that people could give. So, that people, so the church could provide for the orphans and widows and so the church could do ministry and, and take care of, uh, of things as it related to the ministering of the gospel. Ananias and Sapphira decided, well, we've got extra land. Let's sell the land and let's give an offering like everybody else is doing. They were doing it out of what everybody else was doing and not out of the revelation. And so they sold, let's say it was a $100,000 piece of land. They sold it for $100,000 and then they brought, let's say, $50,000 and they laid it at the apostles' feet. What does that mean? They're, they're giving it to the church. For the the distribution. So that the ministry and the preaching of the gospel could go forward. And while Peter was there, by the Holy Ghost, he laid a $50,000 offering at the feet of the apostles. And Peter spoke up. He said, Ananias, how is it that you have put this in your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost? He said, when you sold that land... It was yours. You didn't have to give it. How many of y'all know if you don't have to tithe, you don't have to give? You don't have to give to God. And still you can get to heaven. Watch this. He says, while it was yours, it was in your control. You didn't have to give. You could have said, we sold it for a dollars and we're giving a $50,000 offering. Nobody forced you to do this. How is it that you have conceived this thing in your heart? What, what have you been conceiving in your heart concerning honoring the Lord with money? Are you trying to make your heart feel comfortable at the level that you've been? Where you, you get $30,000 a year annual salary? And you only gave $300 to ministries and churches? That's 1%. What are you doing in your heart concerning this subject? He fell over dead. Three hours later. Somebody say, three hours later. We feel under pressure to get you out of church right around noon. Because for some, that's just too long. 90 minutes? They were in the service when he came. Three hours later, they were still in the service and his wife came. Okay, I'm not trying to make our services longer. But she came. And he asked her. And he said, how have you conceived this thing in your heart? You've not lied unto men. I don't look, I don't look at the tithe and offering records of the members and visitors of Faith Family Church. As far as I'm concerned, that's between you and God. And just because you give money to this ministry that doesn't make it a tithe or not a tithe it could be thousands or tens of thousands but you could give to other churches and ministries to me that's, that's between you and God God's called me to pray for you and to show you from the word of God the good and the right way I'm not here to be your judge what you do is between you and the Lord when I'm asking you It's to learn how to honor God with money. And he will honor you. Ananias and Sapphira ended up dead over an offering. This is so serious. I don't want you to end up dead over an offering. Verse 4 basically said they didn't have to do it. They didn't die because God told them to give something and they didn't give and they didn't want to give it. You don't have to. But when you do in your heart, what you do in your heart concerning how you honor the Lord is a serious matter. So I implore you, Faith Family Church, take to heart the things that are being taught concerning tithing. Now let me ask you a question. If your situation was different financially and you had more than enough each month with plenty left over, would you then honor the Lord with your money? I know for many the answer is yeah. Because for so many we don't do what we want to do because we feel like we can't do. Because we don't have enough to take care of What's necessary in our lives. And in our heart, and I mean this, in our heart, for some of us, there are those of us, if we did have more money, we would give more money. Great. Then the big thing you lack, if that's you, is faith. Because your heart is right toward God. Again, let me help you identify your heart. If you had more, if you had money left over, if somebody gave you a million dollars, could you imagine yourself, would you want to give $100,000, another $100,000 to these other ministries? If that's you, your heart is great. Right? Now the only thing that's necessary is the faith to do beyond what you see right now. That you can actually honor God right now with what little you have. Let me say this because I don't think I said it well trying to get all my notes. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Come on, help help me Holy Spirit, help me Holy Spirit. If you had more, you'd do more. Now, there's two groups. For some, if you had more, you'd do exactly what you're doing right now. If more showed up, you'd you, you just spend it on yourself and you, because you haven't learned how to honor God. But some of us, I mean, we, we have a heart to give. We want to give. All right. Here's what that group needs. You just need faith to look beyond where you are right now because you can honor God right now when you don't have enough to eat. The woman with an issue, the, the woman with two mites, she proved that. She gave everything. Wow, well, she believed that God was going to take care of her tomorrow in spite of not having what she had today. Okay? So I'll just end with that. Um, it may just be that you lack faith. If you could bow your head, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Peradventure, you may be here and you want to make a decision in your heart today concerning this subject, that God, that you want to allow God to teach you how to honor Him through His Word. He'll teach you. If that's you, I want you to make a decision in your heart to be open to whatever God gives us concerning this subject, to be a student of it, and that your life will be forever above it. If that's you, amen. I agree with you in Jesus' name. Amen. If you want to give your heart to the Lord Jesus Christ today, I want to pray with you and for you. Don't leave this moment without honoring God by giving him your life. What an honor. You don't have to. The choice is yours. God said, I set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, but the choice really is you. If you want to honor God by giving him your life today, then I want to pray with you and for you. Maybe you're here and you belong to God, but you've dishonored him. By the way that you've lived, you've done things, you know, in the word you knew in your heart that when you did it, it wasn't right and you haven't repented from it. Don't act like it's okay. You still have to repent. The Bible says if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. If that's you and you want to rededicate your life to God, that would honor him with your life. Then I want to pray with you as well. I want those of you who want to give your life to Him and want to rededicate your life, pray this after me. Congregation, pray with me for those that are praying this for the first time and let's believe that God will do what He said He would do. Pray this out loud. Dear Heavenly Father, thank You for Your Word today. I do believe that Jesus Christ, that He is Your only begotten Son. I believe He died for me, bearing my sins for me. They put Him in a grave, but I believe He's alive. You raised Him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all of my sins. And I accept Your offer of forgiveness. I dedicate my life to You, to live for You, in Jesus' name. Help me to live a righteous life. Teach me Your way, O God, that I might not sin against You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Put your hands together. Praise God. Glory.